morning. Now, y'all probably think that I like jumping up on that stage like that, but I don't. We actually got somebody working on us some steps, but don't know where they are yet. <coughs> yeah, you. Thank you guys for coming out this morning. I know you had to break out the boat to get here, uh, so I'm excited to have you here and to see a lot of you. Um, I'm praying for you this morning. I'm praying for God's word to go forth, for us to be changed and ignited. I believe that uh, we are, if you believe in Jesus Christ, um, beyond powerful. I believe that we have the keys um, to eternal life handed to us by Christ, and it is the righteousness of Christ and the life that is in Jesus Christ that gives people the power to overwhelm and overcome the world. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. The title of today's message is The Use of Scripture. The Use of Scripture. And what I want to talk to you about today about using Scripture is how you are to position yourself in uh, relationship to uh, others in our culture, other ideas, other supposed truth, which is actually lies, and those attacks that come uh, at us from every different direction. And, and I don't want you to raise your hand, but I just, I would wonder, if I asked the question today, how many of you are under spiritual attack right now, how many hands would go up? I wonder, if I asked the question, how many of you are under physical attack right now, how many hands would go up? I wonder if I asked the question, who wishes or prays for more strength every single day so that the enemy would not be able to overwhelm them, I wonder how many hands would go up. And I would bet that almost every hand would go up, and the ones that didn't are lying to themselves. You see, our enemy is real. He is real, and he is really after you. He is after you. He is after your children. He is after everyone that is surrounding you because this is not it. A lot of our culture, a lot of people would have you to believe that this, what you see, is all that there is. It's all that you get, so we just move through life, and it doesn't matter where we go, what we do, or what we believe. But I'm saying to you today that the fact of the matter is, is that this is only the beginning. That there is another realm, there is a truth out there, there is a reality out there that if you do not line up with that reality, then you will be misaligned and you will be forever cast out of the presence of God in utter darkness and utter torment. Now I don't say that to scare you, I say that to open up your eyes and maybe to scare you a little bit. Because the fact of the matter is it's scary. I want you not to just have a place in heaven one day, but I want you to line up with this reality named Jesus Christ so that your life would start now. You see, the, the common perception and the common misconception is, is that the Christian receives truth in order to gain a perfection and a life and an inheritance somewhere out there. And it, it, is that true? It is true that there is reality out there, but is that the whole truth? Is that the closest truth? Is that the full truth? And the fact of the matter is, is that we will get rewarded in heaven out here, but the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus Christ is looking to come into your life right now. Right here, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is here. It is now. It is available for you to tap into so that you can receive power, peace, fulfillment, and fulfillment like you've never seen before right here right now does that sound good to you how many of you are tired of being pushed around all of you like being pushed around <laughs> how many of you are tired of being pushed around how many of you are tired of, of of wondering what your kids are into how many of you even 
have a clue that our children are being attacked on a daily basis. Let's get into the Word. Let me show you some stuff that God's been showing me this week and some things that He's been opening my eyes up to. Um, today will be maybe eye-opening for you, but maybe it will be a swift kick in the tail to you, which I'm okay with because God's already kicked my tail this week. All right? Let's get into the Word. Before we do that, let's pray. Jesus, I pray for my friends. I pray for myself. God, I pray that you would help us to step aside and let your word go forth. God, I pray that you would, would usher in the, the truths that we need written on our hearts. God, that you would allow us to see how we are to use the Bible and, and how we are to handle the scriptures, how we are to defend, how we are to, to go about our lives in reference and in, 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 in relation to the scriptures and the word of God. I pray that you would come like like a ninja right now and steal away and, and cut away everything that's binding us, everything that's, that's hindering us from seeing and hearing and knowing the truth and that you would empower us today. God, I know that there are people here under, my, under the sound of my voice that are struggling, that are hurting, that are being overwhelmed and defeated by the enemy. They feel like they can't, they can't do anything right. They feel like they are under attack continually. Lord, I pray that they would understand that they are under attack, but the victory is already won. God, I pray that they would claim that victory, that they would live in you, that they would trust in you, and come anything, come anything that would hinder them or, or hurt them or try to hurt them, that they would lay that at your feet. Please, Jesus, be with us as we get into your word. Write it on our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in Ephesians chapter 6 today. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Uh, this is the section of Scripture that deals with the armor of God. We're not going to go through this whole uh, section of Scripture and pick out every little detail. That will take forever. But what I do want to show you is I want to show you about the fight. I want to talk to you about your weapons. I want to talk to you about things that are going on in our world right now that we need to be aware of, that we need to know how to defend, that we need to know how to go about reacting to these situations that are going on in our lives. You ready? You ready? What's wrong with y'all? Y'all tired this morning? The rain done messed y'all up? Y'all ready? All right, let's get into the Word. Man, y'all help me out here. Let's preach together, okay? Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in change, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. That I may declare it boldly 
as I ought to speak. I want to share with you four truths today out of this scripture. Four truths today out of this scripture, and they're all about fighting. They're all about fighting. The first is, I want to share with you the fact of the fight. Many of you don't realize that we're in a fight. Many of you don't realize that we're in a fight. Many of you just walk through life as if we're just on this road. There's nowhere that we're going. There's nothing that we're doing. We're just walking along, and come what may, we'll just get to somewhere someday. But the first is, is the fact of the fight. The fact is that we're in a fight. Let me show you here in verse 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The Bible says to be strong, to be strong, to be, to be endowed with power, that we are to be the ones who stand firm and move forward. The Bible says that the gates of hell will not prevail against us. You see, this is not a passive religion. This is an active relationship. We do not stand and, and, and cower, and, and we're not afraid of Satan. We're not afraid of what's going on. Are we beat down sometimes? Are we punched in the face sometimes? Are we hit sometimes? Sure we are. Does it hurt? Sure it does. But do we know in the end we've got the victory? Absolutely. Are you able to stand in the face of anything because of who Jesus is? Absolutely. And you see, what we've got to realize is, is that Christianity is an offensive relationship. It is, it is to move forward, not to move backwards. How many of you realize that we are in a fight? You see, I love to watch UFC, and some people may not like, you know, that I like that, but I do. As a matter of fact, I, I, like, I would like to do that one day, but my wife won't let me. I did fight in a tough man contest one time. I didn't win, but it was fun, except when I got hit in the face. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. How many of you like to watch boxing or UFC and like that type of thing? Bridget, calm down, okay? Don't mess with her, girls. You see, we're in a fight. We're in a fight. And how many of you have ever watched a fight, even if you don't like fighting on TV, and that's okay. I don't like all sports either. I could care less about lacrosse. But how many of you have ever watched a fight and you know, you know that somebody's going to be yelling, get your hands up, get your hands up, get your hands up, get your hands up. And when I was fighting in my tough man contest, I was like, I'm too tired. <laughs> you know, boom. It takes a lot of stamina. It takes a lot of training. It takes a lot of work to be able to use your weapons. And in a boxing match, you've got one set of weapons right there. And continue to say, get your hands up, get your hands up. But what if the guy went out there and he didn't even know that he was in a fight? You ever see somebody get blindsided and they didn't, know they, were, they didn't even know they were in a fight? What usually happens? <laughs> you ever seen somebody do that? <laughs> That's called getting knocked out. Don't get knocked out. Don't get knocked out. Don't let your kids get knocked out. You better wake up. If you don't think that we're in a fight, you better wake up because we're in a fight. We're in an all-out battle. We're in a brawl. We're in a knockdown, drag-out teeth, bleeding loose and everything. We're in a fight, and you better get down and dirty. You better be willing to do whatever it takes. You better be willing to take, take use of every ounce of training that you can possibly get in any way, shape, form, or fashion and able to be understand how to use your weapons. But sadly, 
A lot of us don't even realize we're in a fight, and those who do realize we're in a fight, they have no idea how to use the weapon. But the Word of God is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible is a weapon. The Bible is a weapon. You've got to understand, you've got to realize that we are in a tremendous battle. We are in a tremendous battle. And the, the quicker you realize that, the better off you are. And where I'm going to go today is the better your children are. Because I'm going to show you a couple of weapons today. The common, the common idea is, is that there's one weapon in the Bible, outlined in the Bible, or talked about in the Bible, and that is the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. And that is a weapon. But there's another weapon in the Bible. There's another offensive weapon in the Bible, not just a shield. Or There's another offensive weapon in the Bible, and I will show you that here in just a little bit. You see, in, uh, when I went to, I graduated from North Greenville University with a BA in Christian Studies and went there for a while and took a whole lot of classes. And I had this one class where I was on a debate team. And we didn't get to pick the thing that we we're going to debate about. Uh, we got it assigned to us. And whether you agreed with that position or not, you had to debate for it, which actually really sharpens your debate skills. You try to debate a position that's not yours, you will have to look up. You will have to look at their argument. You will have to look at why they believe what they believe, which sharpens why you believe what you believe, if, if you're firm in what you believe. But I had, to I had to argue the position of a pacifist. Now, I don't know if you know what a pacifist is, but a pacifist is someone who uh, holds the position that we are not active in going forward, that we're passive. We do all things at all times in any way to avoid any type of conflict or any type of disagreement or any type of, of, of any type, any kind, any way of any type of conflict. Just you get away, you pass it. You pass it. But I'm not a pacifist. I'm an activist. And sometimes it gets me in trouble, but I believe that's what God was too. But you see, I'm not about starting anything, and you should not be about starting anything. We don't start it, we finish it. Amen? Jesus Christ said on the cross, he said it is finished. I do not come to this thing ill-prepared. I come with boldness. I come with confidence. Not because I'm that smart. Not because I'm that strong. Because I'm a child of the king. You are not weak. We are children of the King, if you know Jesus Christ. I had this situation one time, and, and I want to tell you this story. I hesitated to tell you this story or not, but I want to tell you this story to know that the Bible says that we are to seek peace at all times. I am not telling you to go stir stuff up. I am not telling you to go stir stuff up. You do not do that. We in all things seek peace and we live by truth. But what I'm saying is, is that we do defend our faith. We do defend our children. We do defend our homes. We do defend our lives, our spiritual lives. They can take what they need to take from me physically, but they cannot approach my family. They cannot approach my faith. I will defend that with the word of God. I had a situation where you know, for a long time before I was ever a pastor here at the well, uh, my ministry was just talking to, to kids in the, in the neighborhood, and um, I had a past of drugs and alcohol and that type of thing, so I really was able to relate to some of those guys, and I was talking to this guy, ministering to this guy who had had a previous crack addiction, and, and he, he, was, he was really struggling with it, it was really hard for him, 
but I had brought him to my house. I had developed a relationship with him. He was with me a lot of the times. He worked with me some, and, and he, had, he had been clean for about two weeks, and, and he was going to church, and he was seeking God, and, and he was looking at these things in, in the Bible, and, and he was, God was working in his life. And one day he was over at my house, and I had a guy that lived near me that uh, I knew dealt drugs and, and did that type thing, and uh, he didn't come around much, but one day the guy was with me, and, and we, were, uh, we were backing out of my driveway, and this drug dealer comes and, and, and stops and says, hey, and I knew the guy, um, but he motions the other guy out of the car, and I just sit and wait. I didn't know what they were wanting. I knew that they had a relationship before. I didn't know what he was going to say, uh, but he got out, and the guy got back in my car. And he says, you ain't going, and this guy knew that, you know, I was trying to minister to him and trying to minister to others in the community. You know, that's what God's laid on my heart. And he says, you're not going to believe what this guy just did. He, he, was, he was, had crack. He was trying to sell me crack in your driveway. Now, the Bible says that we are to seek peace at all times. But also says that we are to, to love our brothers and lay down our lives for each other. So what do you do in that situation? Do you just say, well, I don't know. Let's just, let's just go. No. I put the car in park. I got out of the car. I went and I talked to the guy. And we talked very seriously. And I told him, I said, I'm trying to be a peaceful guy. You know, I'm not trying to start anything. Did you come over to my house? In my driveway? My kids at my house? You gonna sell, try to sell drugs in my driveway? I didn't put hands on, but I would have. Is that bad to say? This guy's going to come at my house selling drugs in my driveway? I said, and I was peaceful. I said, I love you, man. I'm praying for you because I was trying to minister to him too. I said, will you ever come over to my house again with this? I'm going to be really, really upset. <laughs> I ain't talked to that guy in a while. We got to protect we got to protect. You know, in today's society, in today's culture, what I just said would be looked down upon. And was I perfectly right? I don't know. But I'll tell you this, is that I was protecting that guy. I was protecting that guy and his life and his kids and my kids. And whether or not you agree with that or not, I'm telling you right now. If you do not go after your kids, if you do not fight, if you're not ready to go, if you're not ready to get dirty, if you're not in your Bible, if you do not know what's going on and ready to get down in that face, then they're going to steal your kids. They're going to rob your kids. They're going to take them away, and they're going to destroy them. You have supreme truth. You better know you're in a fight. That's point number one. The fact of the fight. We're in a fight, people. We're in a fight. Now, for clarity's sake, let's look, number two, at the foe of the fight. Because you see, this, this drug dealer that was in my driveway, our, our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's not against this guy. It's not against any particular person, but against the influences that are in this person. How many of you here believe that demons are real? If you don't believe that demons are real, then you are absolutely misguided. If you don't believe that these things are real and Satan is real and he's really trying to influence everyone around you, then you are absolutely naive, my friend. 
He is cunning. He is smart. He is absolutely aggressive. Walking around like a roaring lion seeking those whom he could devour. The Bible says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Our, our fight is against spiritual powers, against spiritual forces, which tells us one thing. You see, I used analogies of, of physical fighting and things like that, but that's not who we are, you see, which makes us, it, it, it makes us get to a humble place or you're going to get whooped because bottom line is it doesn't matter how big you are, how fast you are, how bad you are, and how mean you are. If you do not have the right weapon, you are going to get whooped. You are going to be taken advantage of. You are going to be slayed. You are going to be overtaken. You've got to understand the enemy, and you've got to understand how to use the weapons that you have. Our enemy is not flesh and blood. And I want to tell you, in our schools, and this is what I've really been faced with some things this week that, that are just amazed me, and I'll share them with you in a second. But we have right here in Landrum, and a lot of people, you know, they, they think when, when we talk about demons and we talk about Satan and we talk about evil, a lot of people automatically go to The Exorcist or some of these movies, you know, when the head turns all the hair around, you know, and you're like, ah! But, you know, that's, that's Hollywood. That's Hollywood. Now, does some of that stuff exist? I'm sure it does. Evil is evil. But I want to tell you that most of the time that Satan, he dresses as an angel of light. He's looking really good. He's looking really pleasant, pleasurable. It looks really good. I mean, hardly ever does Satan show up and be like, I'm evil, want to come? <laughs> You'd be like, no. But oftentimes, Satan comes up like, hey, how you doing? What's up? <laughs> And we're like, hey, what's up? The book of Hebrews says that be careful that you don't drift away from the faith. You see, the best way to defeat an enemy, that's why everybody says keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. Because the best way to defeat an enemy is to know him well and, and be able to get right up next to him. Especially if he's strong. That's why boxers always say if the guy's bigger and longer arms, stay inside. Stay inside. Stay close to him. Satan is always trying to, to use good gifts to turn you to him. So things that are really amoral or, you know, they're not even necessarily sin. They might even be good things. Oftentimes he uses them to turn you into an idolater or turn you into uh, someone who promotes sin and that type of thing. You see, Jesus Christ was even tempted by Satan. And I want to tell you, before I get into this stuff that I've been dealing with this week, how many of you think that you're more powerful than Jesus? How many of you think that, that our kids, well, you know, Satan and demons, that's out there, you know. I, they, that's, my kids aren't dealing with that. If Satan was so bold as to come to Jesus and tempt Jesus and go after Jesus, why in the world would he be scared to come after your children or come after you? He's not. Satan is real. Demons are real. We've got to be offensively aggressive. We've got to be on the attack. 
We've got to be moving forward. We've got to be doing battle with the weapons that God has given us. I want to share with you 1 Corinthians 10, 20, uh, 10 uh, verse 20. I want you to hear what Paul says as he talks about doing this type of battle. He says, I beg of you that when I am present, I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some of uh, some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we are, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. You're in a battle, and you need to know how to use your weapons in order to overwhelm the enemy, in order to be used by God to do battle where you are and to destroy those strongholds where you are. So the foe of the fight is not someone who is out to get you, but it is those spiritual forces who are pushing these guys. And that, with that being said, I want to tell you a couple of things, real life, that I ran into this week. I was asked to... Um, I was, I, I'm asked questions all the time, you know, especially now being where I am now. What do I think about this? And, and what do I think about this? And what about this religion over here? What about these things? And parents, and, and if you don't think this is real, parents from this high school, and it's not just here, it's all over right now. Parents from this high school are asking me, what is Illuminati? And I told you on the Facebook thing, I'll, I'll share a little bit. We're not going to go real deep into this because Illuminati is like a lot of other things. It's just a silly little trick by Satan. Now, I say silly little trick by Satan. Well, the reason I say that is, is that I believe the Illuminati is real. I believe that it is absolutely used by Satan in order to pull our young people away from Jesus Christ and pursue them, to lie to them, to get them to sell themselves out to Satan. And it wouldn't be that they would become devil worshippers per se, but that they would sell themselves out for other false gods such as money, fame, respect, and that type of thing. Is that just as real? It's just as real. If your children sell their soul to the devil for money, they might as well have just sold themselves to the devil for the devil. There's no difference. And so I have, I have parents come to me and saying, what is this Illuminati stuff? My kids are asking me about the Illuminati. Well, the Illuminati is, is not very new. It's been around for a long time. And what it is, it actually started as one thing, and it, and it grows and manipulates and it'll, it'll change and go through these things. Right now what the Illuminati is, it is, a, it is really tied in a lot with the pop culture, hip-hop, you know, the, the ones that wear their hats to the side and cool. Not that I'm against wearing a hat to the side, I would do it, but I'm not cool enough to pull it off. I'm just saying that it's, it's, this, it's this fame and fortune and diamonds and, and bling and, 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 and lots and lots of money and all this kind of thing. It's the fame thing. And you got several um, really famous people that are a part of the Illuminati. And you can see this. And I want to bring it back in just a second because as, as bad as this sounds, it's really no different than a lot of other things that Satan's doing. It's really not. Beyonce, Jay-Z, you go look some of this stuff up. You know, they're always promoting this. And actually, Beyonce, uh, I've seen a personal interview where her, she herself said, you know, I'm just waiting for Sasha, which is this which is this spirit to uh, overtake my body that I might be able to perform. And she says that, that I could not do what I do if she didn't overtake me. When I perform, it's not me. It's actually this spirit called Sasha. 
What I'm telling you is, is that, I don't know, that, that sounds silly to me too. Does that sound silly to you? Sounds silly to me. But you know what? My Bible tells me that demons are real. My Bible tells me that people are possessed by demons. My Bible tells me that demons are in pursuit of us. My Bible tells me that the things that you think you sacrifice to pagan gods, you're actually sacrificing to demons. When you give yourself up in order to get money, when you sell yourself out and your Jesus out, when you move away from Jesus and you trade Jesus in order to get whatever, you name it, you are sacrificing to a demon. And the Illuminati is real enough to steal your child away because Satan is real enough. Now, is there a difference? You see, this is just a lie of Satan is saying, in the Illuminati, the way that you get in is you say, I want to be a part of this. I will, I will give over, I will give over the things that are a part of my life, the things I care about, Jesus Christ. I will give these things over in order to sell myself out to the devil that he might give me fame and riches and the ability to be what I think I want to be, such as Beyonce. Hence, Sasha was her reward. Now she's a millionaire. How real is that? Real enough that you need to know the word so that you can combat it. That's how real it is. And if you don't think that that's real enough, you think that's just silly. Let me tell you something personal that happened to me this week. And I'm not sure exactly how much time I'm going to have to get through whatever. But this is, this is important. I, I was asked to do this memorial service this week. This week. In Landrum. Okay. I did not know the guy, didn't know why I was asked to be, I didn't know why I was asked to do the service. But I was asked to do the service, I was asked to come and say a couple of words that this kid was, was seeking out his spirituality and, and uh, didn't know where he stood, but I know that they knew that he was searching and, and that he had committed suicide about a week before. Killed himself, 20 years old. Suicide, dead. So, for whatever reason, I said, yeah, I'll come. I said, you need to know, because I was asking about this spiritual journey that he was on. I didn't know what it was. And she said, I'm not sure what it was. Just know that he was seeking spiritual guidance. And I said, that's fine, but you need to know that I'm a Christian, and I, I, I believe that Jesus is God, and that's my direction. I don't move or sway on that. That's what I'm coming with. And she said, that's okay. We're singing Amazing Grace anyway. <laughs> so, so Jesus is okay. So I said, all right, I'll be there. I'll be there. So I go uh, to this, this meeting, and um, she's asking me, you know, what, what do we do? You know, what, I've never done anything like this either, but I'm like, acting like I did. You know, I'm like, well, we say a prayer, and, you know, we do these things, and then, you know, whoever wants to speak will speak, and then I'll speak, and then we'll go, well, they're going to release some doves. So I said, okay, good, that's what we'll do. So the ladies sang Amazing Grace, and, um, and then I prayed, and then we had three speakers come up before I was going to come up, and... And the first one was this guy who had been in relationship with the guy that had just committed suicide. And he starts talking about this guy. And he starts talking about some things that he liked about him and some things that he respected about him. And he said that, 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 that he was very organic and he never put anything into his body that shouldn't have been in his body. And he said, you know what? But I don't believe in coincidences. And one day behind, behind our workplace... Um, I had just got back from the spiritual meeting of advanced Scientology. And I met him in the parking lot, and I told him where I'd come from, and I just didn't believe it was an, it was an accident. There's no coincidences. And so I started sharing with him about this advanced Scientology. 
And by the way, advanced Scientology is a lot like the Illuminati. It says that if you will sell yourself out to this higher knowledge that you can gain this, this enlightenment and this way of thinking that will set you free. But my Bible tells me that Jesus Christ is the only thing that sets you free and he is the higher knowledge. It is heresy. It is evil. It is a way for Satan to turn your focus away from the truth so that he might condemn you forever. It's evil. Just like Illuminati, just like drugs, I believe that drugs are backed by Satan. I really do. I really do. And so the guy gets up and he starts talking about this and he said, I just don't believe, I don't believe in coincidences, I don't believe in coincidences at all. And I met this guy and we started talking about this and he got really interested in this and he, and he turned away from the other thing that he was doing. He started coming to me to these Scientology meetings and, and he started talking about this and he said, and it was so important to him, that it was so important to him that I want to share an overview of the book of knowledge, which is their Bible. And there was about 15 to 20 people there and he starts preaching from the book of knowledge. Demonic ideas that pull people away from the truth of Jesus Christ in Landrum, South Carolina. The saddest part of it all was, was that this kid who had committed suicide had Christian parents. And the Christian parents were devastated and his mom showed up that day to hear what he had been led into. I've got three boys. I've got three boys. I'm trying to raise them in a Christian home. In 15 years, could that be my son that I poured into, I tried to, and that he was led away by this lie and devastated and took his own life? And so it was my turn to get up. And I told him, I said, and this might have been a little too forward. I tried to be at peace. It wasn't really the idea just to get up and just choke this guy, which I wouldn't have done anyway. But when he started speaking, I felt the evil presence, and my, my heart was about to beat out of my chest. And so I got up, and I said, you know, I was wondering why I was, I was asked to come here today, because I didn't, I didn't know this guy. I had never met him before. I know a couple of you, but I did not know why God had me here. And I said, I believe one thing that this guy has said, and that's that there's no coincidences. And I believe that God has me here for the purpose of clarification, to help you to know what the truth is. To help you to know what the truth is. And the truth is Jesus. And I laid it out there for him. I spoke from, I spoke from John 14. I don't have time to go through the whole thing, but this is the part I want you to hear. After we went outside, I defended Jesus Christ. I defended the faith and, and uh, shut this down, tried my best. Went outside, we released the doves, and his mom came to me with tears. And she said, I spoke from John chapter 14, okay? She came to me in tears, and she said, my husband and I, she said, thank you. She said, my husband and I, it's amazing how God works. My husband and I were in John chapter 14 last night. And we had written 15 through 17 down on sticky notes, and we had put them above our door in the form of a cross, praying that God would give us comfort. And I told her, and you hear this, those of you who have children, you hear this. I told her, I said, all that we can do is pray to God that he knew God and that God had brought him into the kingdom and was protecting him from this evil thing. If you don't think Satan is coming after your children, then you're wrong. 
If you don't think that Satan is, is on the prowl and he's looking for those who are weak in their faith, then you're wrong. Let's move on in this because I want to show you now because how many of you that concerns you? Me too. I've got three boys. So I don't want to end on that note because there is an enemy. There is an enemy, and he is strong, and he is coming hard, and he's coming fast, and you've got to be ready for him. But how do we know how to defend ourselves? How do we know how to answer these things, and how do we keep this from happening to us to the best of our ability? Let's look, number three, at the fist of the fight. The fist of the fight. We've looked at the fact of the fight. The fact is, you're in a fight. We've looked at the foe of the fight. Our fight's not against flesh and blood, but it's against the stronger power. It's against spiritual powers, the rulers of the air. It's against the rulers of this darkness. It is against spiritual powers. But number three, if we are in a fight, and this fight is against something that we can't see necessarily, then what's the fists of the fight? What is our weapons? How do we defend ourselves? How do we know how to go about it? How, Brandon? How, God? How, in the scriptures, do we defend against these attacks? Well, let me read here for you 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breast, breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts. You'll need to remember that. With which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We must know how to use our weapons. We must know how to use our weapons. We've got to be ready. It says you've got to be ready. And I, wanna, I really want to ask you this question. Are you ready? How serious do you take the fight? You see, I know that there are some guys in here who've trained to fight before. And let me tell you something right now. If you want to go into a ring, and I've been into a ring for just three minutes. If you want to go into a ring and you want to fight, you better be ready. Amen? If you want to go into a ring, you better be ready. Because most of the time, it's not, it's not how well you can throw your fist, but it's how long you can last. It is not how well you can throw your fist, but it's about how long you can last. If you're not ready, you're going down. And I just wonder out here today, I wonder out here today, how ready are you? How serious are you about the fight? How weaponized, how trained, how ready are you for the fight? Do you neglect your weapon? Do you lay it to the side? Do you walk by it day after day after day after day only to know that the weapon is getting heavier and heavier and heavier? You ever seen a child try to pick up a weight? Now I got some weights at my house I try to train with. My son don't want to lift weights with me. And it's kind of comical, you know. It's kind of like cartoonish because he'll grab the weight and he'll be like, <laughs> I'm like, you're going to pull something. So I get him these little bitty weights. But you know, you get to working out with somebody and, and they, you know, they, they might be really small. And, and at first, you know, they do a little bit of weight. And then they do more. And then they do more. And then they do more. And then they're making you look silly because they're just pushing it up. 
If you just lay your Bible to the side and you walk by it continually day after day after day, you'll pick the sword up and you'll go, and you'll drop it back down. Useless. Useless. How many of you are ready? How many of you think I'm just up here wasting my breath? Are you in your Bibles? Are you in your Bibles? Are you reading the Word of God? Are you studying the Word of God? Are you in a group here at the church? Are you in some type of training session that will say, look, when this comes, use this stroke. When this comes, bring it down. When this comes, bring it across. How many of you are getting trained in warfare? How many of you are getting trained? you got to realize that the fight is real, the foe is real, and if you don't know how to use your fist, you're going to get whooped and your house is going to get plundered. Remember what Jesus said, if the thief was come and the strong man was ready, he wouldn't break into the house. If he did, he would leave. He would leave. we got to be ready, guys. we got to be strong. we got to be ready and know how to use the Word of God. When you look at the armor of God, this is one interesting thing that I've always liked about this. You see, a lot of people when they become Christians, a lot of people when they enter into the faith, they have this idea, we'll go back to it, we talked about it earlier, they have this idea of we, we get saved, we just hold on and wait for the end. We try to be good people and we just, we don't do anything bad and we just hold on, we don't progress, we don't go farther, but we just wait and we'll just, God come save us, please God come, please God come. And we have this idea, we just, just hold on right here. Or we turn and we get scared and we turn and we run. But you know, in the whole armor of God, and I don't have time to go through it all, but you know, in the armor of God, there is no cover for your back. There is no defense. There is a breastplate of righteousness, the belt that has the shoes, it has the sword, it has the shield, like a Roman soldier. And you know what? Roman soldiers were not issued with upper armor that would be put on like a shirt. Rather, they would issued with a vest that would cover the front. So if they turned and run, they were dead. And that was on purpose. You do not run. You do not run. You stand and you fight and you progress. You turn your back on the enemy and you're done. This is not, this is not, oh well, maybe one day, Maybe it'll be okay. My kids, I think they're okay. We're in a fight, and we need to know there's no armor for our back, so we move forward. Now, he does give you a shield. So you are getting hit, but you are moving forward. You are moving forward, and you are taking the blows, and you are giving blows. You're taking blows, and you're giving blows. How many of you are even fighting? And I don't want this to be a sermon where we say, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on? I want this to be a sermon that said the Word of God goes out and you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, I got weapons. There's a chance for me. This is not hopeless. Jesus Christ didn't just come to, to say, okay, I've saved you, now just hold on. But he has empowered you. He has given you the means to become a warrior. He has given you the means to move forward that the gates of hell will not prevail. We need to take back our children. And the coolest thing about this is, and I want to show you this. In, in the scripture right here, it says in verse 16, it says, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. All the flaming darts of the evil one. I want to show you something else. Most people think that there's one weapon in the scriptures, and that weapon is a sword. And that we need to learn how to use the sword. And the sword is a weapon in the scriptures, but there's one other one that I've found. 
And I think it applies here, and I'll show you how. In Psalm 127, starting in verse 3, listen to what he says. Behold, children are an inheritance from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gates. He shall not be ashamed when he speaks with his enemies at the gate. I want you to picture this. I want you to picture a man who is going out to meet the enemy at the gate to discuss the terms of warfare. And this, this man comes up and he's all by himself. And he's saying, turn over the keys to the kingdom. This war's over, back down. And the man on the other side of the gate is looking at him. And he's got his six children with him. And these have grown into big strapping young men who are ready for battle, who have their armor on, who have their sword, who are ready for battle. And the man looks at him and says, or what? While his sons sit there like this. Six of them, he's the seventh. Which is stronger? You see, the bottom line is, is that our children are arrows if we will sharpen them as they grow. Otherwise, what happens to children that we let them go and we don't train them and we don't, we don't preach the word of God to them and we don't talk stories to them? I'm not telling you to sit down and give them a three-point sermon, but we dialogue. We talk about things that are going on in life. We set them down and, and we read them Bible stories at night and we, we talk to them about Jesus. We talk to them about our failures. We talk to them about our sins. We talk to them about repentance. We're training them. We are showing them reality. If you do not sharpen your arrows, you know what they become? Flaming darts of the enemy. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. But our fight is against spiritual powers. But spiritual powers will overwhelm flesh and blood and use them for evil. You see, that guy that had led the one who, led the one who committed suicide the one who had led him off track, the one who was leading him to the Scientology, this demonic stuff, he was somebody's little boy one time. He was somebody's little boy one time. And now not only is that parent devastated because their little boy is into Scientology, but now another has committed suicide and his mom's devastated as well. The way that we use scriptures the way that we use the scripture, the way that we use the word of God is absolutely necessary to our children, to us. You've got to be in the Bible. You've got to know the Bible. You've got to understand scripture so that you might be able to do warfare. You've got to take the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, and sharpen your little arrows. You've got to sharpen your little arrows. Because if not, Satan's going to rob them from you. And he is going to light them on fire and shoot them at you and other kids as well. Know your Bible. Know your Bible. And the last thing I'll say today as the band starts to move up is, again, you see the bottom line is, is that if I get up here and I say, 
you memorize your Bible and you know that Bible and, and you make sure that you memorize this verse and that verse so when Satan comes, he can, you can tell him this one and you can tell him that one. You see, when, when, when God was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, when Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, when Satan tempted him, he answered Satan with the word of God. But how did he do that, you see? How did he, how did he answer with the word of God? Did he, did he memorize certain verses and, and all of a sudden like, well, this attack comes, I use this scripture, this attack comes, I use this scripture, this attack comes, I use this scripture. You see, I don't believe it was like that. I believe when Satan attacks, you are to be so filled with the word of God, with the power of God, with the Holy Spirit, that he answers for you and it comes out of you. And in response to the evil, in response to Satan, Jesus Christ's word prevails. There's another place in the scriptures, and, and this is what I want you to hear. This is what I want you to hear, and this will be the last thing that I say to you today. The, the text here in this battle says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against these other things. There's another place where there's a wrestling match going on in the scriptures. Because what I'm telling you here today is that you need to be in your Bible, you need to be studying your Bible, you need to be being transformed by your Bible. But what I'm not saying is to get really legalistic and sit down and say, okay, if I know these three verses, then I'll be okay. You see, it's still about Jesus. And there was a section in the scriptures where a man named Jacob, where a man named Jacob was, he was on the run. He was on the run, and he was scared. The battle was in pursuit of him, and he was running with everything that he had, and he didn't know where to turn, and he didn't know what to do. He was scared. The battle was waging on. And I wonder, with those here today, is somebody after you? Is there a, is there a demon after you? Well, well, Jacob was running. He was running from the battle, and he didn't know how to win it, and he didn't know what to do, and his family was there with him. And so he got to a place by the river and he sent his family on and he was all by himself and he collapsed by himself and he said, God, what do I do? I'm all alone here. It's dark. I'm scared. What do I do? What do I do? And then there was a man. Then there was a man. And in Jacob's weakness, in his question on, on how do I survive the battle, how do I survive this, this fight? How do I get to the end? How do I protect my family? How do I protect my children? Do you know when Jacob was at his worst, when Jacob was at his lowest, and he was feeling defeated, he was feeling, feeling like he was in a struggle that he could not win, Jesus Christ showed up, and you know what Jesus did? He jumped him. Jacob no longer was concerned with the battle at hand, but he was wrestling with God in the flesh. And everything he, was, everything he had was going into the fight. Everything he had, and he wasn't going down, and he wasn't turning away. He was struggling with God. He was wrestling with Jesus Christ, and Jesus was wrestling with him in his, in his lowest moment. Jesus was hurting him. He was wrestling with him. Jacob would not give up the things that were important to him. And Jesus reached out and touched his hip and busted his hip. And he went to the ground. And when he went to the ground, 
this is Genesis chapter 32. Go read it. When he went to the ground, Jacob went to the ground on one knee, busted hip. He couldn't move. He was dragging his leg, but he had a hold of Jesus' leg. He had a hold of Jesus' leg. And Jesus says, let me go. The sun's coming up. Let me go. The sun's coming up. And in that day, everybody knew if the sun comes up and you see God, if you see God face to face, you're a dead man. You're a dead man. Jesus said, let me go. Let me go. Let my leg go. The sun's coming up. And in the wage of the war that he was fighting with God, he would not give up. He said, I will not let go until I see you. I will not let go until you bless me. I will not let go. Essentially, what Jacob was saying is, I will fight till I die. Until you bless me, I'll die before you bless me. I'll die before I let you go. In order for you to get away, you've got to bless me. I'll give up my life for you. And Jesus Christ looked at him and said, what's your name? Jacob I'm Jacob and Jesus said from this day forward you'll be blessed from this day forward you'll be blessed you'll wage war you'll be victorious and Jacob said what's your name and Jesus said why are you asking me my name you know who I am As we dim these lights right here, I want to ask you a serious question. Are you fighting a battle that you can't win? You see, you, see, you know that what happened was is that Jacob entered into a wrestling match with God and he did battle where battle needed to be done. And what he realized is, is that the blessings of God overwhelm any battle that you could possibly Understand the victory that Jesus Christ has won is the victory that you are seeking. And this morning, as we stand here and as we've had this service, as I reach my hands out towards you, I pray that you would wrestle with Jesus this morning and that He, if need be, would bust you up, would reach deep down. Would, would, would grab a hold of your heart. He would, he would stop you from going after other gods. If he needed to bust your hip in order to slow you down so that you might see his face, that he would do that this morning. Whatever necessary for me, whatever necessary for you, I pray that Jesus Christ would be the Bible to you and that the Bible would come alive and that you would wrestle in the Word of God and that you would come out victorious because you saw that it's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. It's all about His victory. It's all about His strength. It's all about His power. It's all about everything that Jesus is and more. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Do you know Him? Do you know Him? Let me hear you. Do you know Him? It's Jesus. It's Jesus, and it's time to do battle. It's time to do battle. But until, until you give yourself to Jesus, you are hopeless. There is nowhere for you to turn. And so this morning, for your sake, for the sake of your children, and for the sake of those who your children would be used to destroy, 
Would you do business with God? Would you do business with God? Would you come this morning and say, God, change me. I don't want to get in the Word. I need you to change me. I can't read the Bible. I need you to give me a desire. It's Jesus, guys. I'm begging you, get into your Bible. I want to see Landrum flipped upside down and turned inside out. And that can happen when you get into the Bible, when you see Jesus in the Bible, when you understand it's about Him, and when you wrestle with Him so that He might get in your face and show you what it's all about. You'll start breaking down strongholds and you won't even know how. The Word of God will not be an answer that you give, but it will be a life that you live. Be used by God. Give Him your life today. All the way. You just said to yourself, well, I'm doing enough. No. Give it to Him all the way. All the way. Everything. Everything. Stop holding on because you holding on is putting your sword away. Stop holding on to those things and start doing business with God today. Please. Please. Give yourself to Jesus. Use the Word of God. Stand to your feet. Let's come. Answer God's call this morning. Please.
the universe.
that. Don't hold on. You got this. Jesus has got this. I want to do something a little different right now. While everybody's down here, if you're physically able, I want you to step out in the aisle and come down to the altar. Everybody. You're physically able. Step out of your seat. Just come to the altar. The Word of God is alive. Raise your hands in the air. Lift them to God. Now, if you were that person that wanted to step out and couldn't, you're out now. Now's the time to do business with it. Wherever you're standing, do it from right there. Everybody close their eyes. each other's backs because Jesus has got our backs. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And we look around at our Christian brothers and sisters and we say, Jesus, my life is yours and therefore my life is yours. I love you. Jesus loves you. And we're here for you. It's time for the chains to be broken and to fall away from your wrists and your ankles. It's time for you to run free in the glory and the goodness of Jesus Christ and the excellence of his promise. There is nothing that can hold him down. There is nothing that can hold him back. And if you walk in the power, there's the power of Jesus Christ. Nothing can hold you down. Not with our support. Not with Jesus Christ and his family. We are your family. We love you. Now, while you're standing there, one last time, let's just sing it together. All I need is you.
Is he good? Good. But then before we go, where are we going to send the Lord off since he showed out today? And I, have, I think anybody in here were, you know, you can't deny that. I mean, he just, man, he flooded Amen. this place. Amen. So before we leave, with one resounding scream and shout together, before we head out for a week, on the count of three, for the Lord Jesus Christ, one, two, three. All right, hold on one second. They tell me that they're ready to do the pies today. You ready to see somebody get pied? We're going to do it outside. Make sure you don't leave too fast. It's, uh, I think me and Hambone and Travis are getting pied. Nobody told me I didn't bring my raincoat. All right, before we go, uh, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that you would be filled up with the Word of God this week, that you would be mighty and powerful through the power of Jesus. If you need help, if you would like for somebody to talk with you, pray for you, don't hesitate. Facebook, my number's everywhere, and I know there's other people here at the church too. Um, I'm not going to call this person forward, but with all, will all of you agree with me in prayer? We've got, we've got several here, but one I know has got a really big burden right now, and we're going to pray for Jesus to reach into that situation. Let's pray as we leave. Jesus, I pray for my friend. I pray that you would come in, that you would, would give so much comfort, so much compassion. God, that you would be the great physician, that you would be the great comforter, that you would be the powerful warrior, the dread champion. God, that you would come in, that you would speak life, that you would speak wholeness, that you would speak victory into this situation. We pray by the power of the Holy Spirit, the proclamation of the Father, and the name of the, of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. We pray that you would be with this person, God, that you would relieve the anxiety, and that would, you would use it to glorify yourself. God, may it be gone. Lord, I pray for the rest of us that we would be transformed by your word, that we would be in training, that we would be growing up in our Christianity and becoming warriors in Jesus' name. God, please help us as we go to bring somebody back with us next week so that we can sharpen arrows, so that we can sharpen swords, and as iron sharpens iron, may we sharpen each other this week. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.